Okay. Hi, everyone. Jeanette Jiffkins from Onyx Legal. What I want to talk about today is copyright. And I'm going to go fairly quickly. What I want to do is give you an overview of the way copyright works and a couple of little hints on what you may or may not be doing in your business. Now, Copyright is a big focus with so much online presence. We're all here online today. I'm assuming that all or most of you have either a website or a Facebook page or some sort of online presence. It may just be a LinkedIn profile that you use to promote what you do. When you're using something like that to promote what you do, some people take shortcuts and those shortcuts are to search on Google for either images or information or, you know, a video, something like that, that somebody else is using and they go, oh, that's great. I'll use that. You can't <laughs> or you can't without permission. So there are images out there online where you can use them because permission is set as part of the terms of conditions. So, for example, there is a fabulous website called Unsplash. Unsplash is a um, site that hosts images that people are prepared to allow you to use in any way, shape or form you could possibly imagine. So you can edit those images, you can... Um, use them for commercial purposes. You can do anything you want with those images because that's the terms and conditions of, of Unsplash and that's the basis upon which those artists put up their material. You will have seen, for example, that Adobe images or um, Getty images, if you want to use their images, you have to pay for them. Uh, stock photo images, most of them you have to pay a license fee for. Don't be doing a search, finding an image in Google search results and going, I like that image, I'll just use it because you are potentially running into problems. And the reason for that is there's new technology out there, Google reverse image, image search, TinEye, a couple of other different software programs, which make it very easy to find images in particular online. And you can input an image and it'll show you all of the duplicates around the internet. And it, it's actually a fun thing to try if you go and put something on either your social media or your website and then come back a few weeks later and see how far it's gone. And that will give you some idea of the um, reach of whatever you're doing. There are companies out there now that have automated and digitized sending out nasty letters saying you have to pay us $3,000 plus for the use of this image. Um, and that's a process to deal with. Now, if the communication comes from a lawyer in the same jurisdiction or the same country as you, it's a problem. You need to get advice and you need to deal with it. If it comes from someone overseas, you can ignore it. You're pretty safe. They, there's not a lot they can do. There is, there is a lawyer in Berlin who has automated this process. Um, he keeps threatening to take people to the Supreme Court of Berlin. Whoop ti do. If you're in Australia, all your assets in Australia, he can get judgment in the Supreme Court of Berlin and he can't do anything with it, nothing at all. He can't bring it to Australia and lose it and use it without registering it in a court in Australia. So if you get a letter from him, don't worry about it, just ignore it. Um, so that's a couple of little things. Now, copyright is a bundle of rights. It's not just one thing and it doesn't require registration. There is only one country in the entire world where registration is possible, and that's the US. And they have the electronic copyright 
I forget what the O stands for. It's ECO. But if you go um, copyright registration US, you should get their government site, which is the USPTO. And they you can register your copyright through that. Now, the process over there is if you want to go to court in the US to protect a piece of copyright work, you have to have first registered that copyright work through ECO. So the electronic copyright register. But that's only if you want to enforce it in the US. If you want to enforce it anywhere else in the world, it doesn't matter whether it's on that register or not. And the other thing is, as soon as you put it on that register, there's a whole lot of dodgy sites around the world that will copy it and try and make it available to other people for free. Um, so just be aware of that. But you do not, there are no other official registers around the world. So if you get spam email that says, oh, protect your copyright today, register it here, they're just collecting revenue. Um, the same goes for trademark companies. In fact, a lot of places where business name registration or trademark correspondence, if you get that in the mail, most of it is spam and most of it's not legitimate. Unless it's an actual government organization, they're just revenue raising. Um, so don't fall into that. Um, okay, so with copyright, it being a bundle of rights, you may sell rights for different purposes. So, for example, we have a couple of clients. We've got a number of clients in the coaching and education space and and the publishing space. So, for example, with a book, you can publish a book and there you have copyright in the typesetting, so the way the book looks. You have copyright in the content of the book, so everything that you've come up with and written. Um, and then you have a whole lot of associated rights. So you can get that book translated. You can, if you get an inquiry from another country for a translation, you can limit it to that country or that language. You don't have to give them the right to translation generally. So you can license it to a bunch of different countries around the world. If you get approached by one of the big publishers, they are usually looking at a collection of countries in which they want rights to republish your work or a collection of languages in which they want to republish your work. So you can sell one copyright work numerous times for different purposes. The right to adapt a book, for example, into a screenplay is another different right. Um, the video recording of a um, performance of a play, the video recording is a right. The performance itself is a right. So there's a whole lot of these little things that all add up, which is yours as soon as you create something. So the ownership of copyright vests upon creation. And it is within the creator. So if you create something as an employee, it belongs to the company you're employed by. If you create it as a contractor, it depends on the terms of your contract. So graphic designers, Phil, everything you create, you own copyright in and you only transfer that copyright on the service agreement that you have with your clients. I am assuming that your service agreement says that the that copyright transfers once they pay in full. Yeah, absolutely. Not... absolutely. Once they're paid, it's theirs. That's it. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Cool. Um, 
traditionally graphic designers and I'm talking 20 years ago used to say we do not hand over copyright can you imagine that actually some still do that yeah I know which is I find it appalling I I always advise my clients that if you're purchasing something you should own the copyright Um, and the reason for ownership of copyright is it gives you all of these additional rights you know the ability to adapt you want to change something for example a logo if phil creates a logo for you and he creates it in black and white and then you want to start representing it in red unless you own copyright you actually don't have the right to do that um but if you do own copyright then you do so the ability to change something is not automatic and that applies to you know any images or videos or anything like that that you purchase under a license you've got to check the terms as in in regard to what you can and can't do with that piece of copyright work uh, and try and stay within um the the bounds of the license jason you've got a question and you're muted. No, I'm not. I had to press the button. So, so here's a question, right? So, yeah. yesterday uh, we did your radio interview. Yes. Right? And I, I think you were quite happy that I actually did a disclaimer, and, and, and we went through that. Okay, so absolutely. That's a mark for Jason. I'm happy with that one. But who legally owns that? Okay, you own it because you made the recording. Okay. So even though I performed it. You own it because the recording was made by you. If I had recorded it on my end, then I would own that recording. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. And in terms of, so you can only hand over ownership of copyright in writing. You can't do it just by speaking to someone. However, you can give permission to use copyright verbally. Uh, Rebecca, you've got a question. Yeah, just a quick one with regards to logos. Yes. Um, so obviously you've heard of the site Fiverr. Of course. Um, who owns the logo through that situation? So you paid someone to design a logo for you. Okay, so Fiverr Terms and Conditions many years ago used to say that all of the copyright work produced belonged to the purchaser, um, but I haven't read them recently. So they change over time. So Upwork used to be the same when it was um, – whatever it was before it was Upwork. Uh, It used to have terms and conditions that said copyright transferred upon payment in full. Um, Now they've changed them and they tend to say, well, it depends what you agree with the worker. So some of the graphic designers on Fiverr say you own the copyright and they do it on their page. Some of them don't. So you need to clarify that before you confirm the purchase. Okay, cool. Okay, and also if you get it through one of those sites, 99designs, Fiverr and a bunch of others, you do need to, like one of those Google reverse image searches, you need to do that because some of them are not unique and it's so funny. A local law firm here in Queensland got done because they paid for a logo through 99designs and they didn't check it and they just uploaded it on everything and they were in clear infringement of another Australian law firm which had a registered trademark using that logo. That's the problem I've had with many clients. They've got a logo done through Fiverr or, so, or through someone else and um, and found out someone else had exactly the same design. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. You've got to be so careful. 
Fred, you've got a question. Yeah. You're muted. You're muted again, mate. <clears throat> hey, 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 I got it. I got it. You got me. Where's the, where's the form of the sign? It's pretty much about fibre. You've got to be pretty careful with fibre because a lot of them now have the upsell, and the upsell only gives you commercial rights. It doesn't give you copyright. Right, so it gives you the rights to use them commercially. So, so the, the commercial rights, generally speaking, what they are is you can use it for the purpose for which you per, you purchased it. But that doesn't give you any right to, for example, if you sold the business, it doesn't necessarily mean you're able to transfer it to the new business owner, and that's a problem. Um, so, you've got to be clear on the purpose for which you um, hire someone to create copyright work if you are not going to own copyright at the end. All right, so that's a whole bunch of information I've thrown at you. Um, I love what I do. It's a lot of fun. And I have one, oh, Sabrina, answer your question mm. first, and then I've got one entertaining story for all of you on mm. copyright. Sabrina. Um, just out of curiosity, yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, sometimes um, people do use motivational quotes, and then what they do is at the very bottom, they put down the name of where this particular quote came from. Is that part of an infringement or can, or anybody can just go ahead as long as they put down the person's name? Okay. So, the- yeah. So the whole thing about copyright. So that is two things. In fact, one copyright has to be sub- considered substantial. So a quote or a title of a book or a title of a movie, those things are not considered sufficiently substantial to attract copyright protection. And that's why there's all these quote websites because they're just too short to attract copyright. And so people can use them anyway. There's no protection on them. Um, The other thing is the difference. uh, I've lost what I was going to say. The second thing. Um, It's not just substantiality. Yep. Okay, cool. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, now, the entertaining story I was going to tell you is there is copyright in architecture, um, and which is very entertaining because uh, many of you Australian-based people will know Port Douglas is one of those swish places where people with loads of money live, and a house was sold at auction a few years ago by um, in Port Douglas and the winning bidders were delighted and the losing bidders were disappointed and the losing bidders went to the builder of the house and said can you build us exactly the same house just down the road which the builder promptly did um, the people who won at auction took them to court and said you've infringed our copyright by building a house exactly the same as ours within you know a very well, you've infringed our copyright, basically. Um, and the court said, yes, indeed, you have. And they required the people who built the second house to do over $200,000 worth of renovations to that house so that it did not look the same or substantially similar to the existing property. Oh so, yeah, <laughs> I know, I know. And it just... Can you imagine, oh, we're really smart. We'll just go talk to the builder and get the same house again. Mm. Don't do that. That's copying. That's the same as copying and pasting. Don't do it. Please don't do it. Um, so, 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 it's a mirror can, image. Can, can, I got a, what, if, what if the house is a mirror image of the one that you've seen down the street? Would that be substantially a, similar. 
So substantiality is the test for copyright. A lot of people say, oh, you know, if it's more than 10%, blah, blah, blah. Nothing to do that with that. It's to do with substantiality. <laughs> Sabrina. All right. Here, here's a question for you. Years ago, we wanted to build, knock down and rebuild our house. And through certain events and everything, it didn't, it didn't happen. However, we wanted to go back to the builder. He is no longer in business. Now, the thing is, it is a, um, what do you call it, uh, a franchise. So yep. do we go back to the main office and say, who can actually build this house? Yes. Or do we just go to another builder and he would have to make adjustments then anyway? Do you have the designs? Yes, we do. Okay. Yes. The, na- the name of the person who owns the copyright is on the design. So the company that owns the copyright, it is on the design somewhere. You yes, contact those people and you say, um, here's what happened. We still want to build this house. How do we, what do we need to do in order to give permission to a builder to build it? 